It is so good to be with you today, this beautiful Wednesday, or whichever day you are tuning into the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and today we are going to be talking about withholding. We're going to be talking about withholding in a very particular way. And to start off this podcast, I'm going to read an Instagram post that I just wrote because it is just, it's just the, the best introduction to what I'm speaking to today. So let's dive on in. Stop waiting for a conscious man, a conscious masculine man to take you where you want to go. Holding back your wildest expression until you meet a man who has this, that, and the other thing is another way you withhold. Stop looking for a man who reads David data books and knows what being fucked open to God means. Stop vetting men based off of the workshops they've been attending and how aware they are of their own taboos. Stop holding your own exposed, open truth back because he isn't trained enough to do the same. When you realize that you don't both need to understand polarity in order for polarity to exist, only then are you doing the actual practice. When you realize that you don't need a partner to open you wide to God, only then you are connected to God. When you stop waiting for your sexual experiences to naturally happen the way you read about them in your tantric books, only then will you find the depth within creation itself. Waiting is withholding. You have what you need to open wider, reveal more, be bigger, touch God. Every time you have sex, it's a threesome. You, your partner, and the divine. When the divine is always present, you don't need your partner to do anything in particular to bridge you to the divine. You're already there. It doesn't mean you don't want things to serve in deepening the connection. More eye contact, more primal moans, more hair pulling, yum, yes, please. But keyword here being you want, you want, if you want those things, take a stand for them and either evoke the desire within your partner to do it or ask for it as your embodied feminine self. You don't need to wait for him to read your mind as you silently punish him for not already knowing. This is withholding. Stop waiting. Start opening. Become the living transmission of the thing you want. If you crave more depth, be a transmission of depth, elegantly sprinkling depth molecules with every step. If you want consciousness, become a Venus flytrap for consciousness. Be so present that anything conscious can't help but be consciously aware of you. So this writing that I, that I wrote this morning was inspired by the very common misconception that in order for a couple to go deep and be fucked open to God and to combine spirituality with sexuality, then they both must have the knowledge of it. And I had this thought myself about two years ago, very deep. I, I 
there wasn't a connection there wasn't like um a connection in my brain that could understand it ever being possible to have deep intimate eye contact soul opening sex without two people understanding feminine and masculine and polarity and yogic intimacy meaning if my partner didn't go to a workshop as well then he would not understand how to do such a thing and then therefore we would not be able to go there in sex and it took me doing my own work to finally start to realize that well one it happened in layers so the first thing I realized was one oh it only takes one person to do the practice for that kind of intimacy to be born it takes one person stepping deeper into the feminine to polarize the partner more into the masculine that's a huge misconception that a lot of people have and a lot of women in particular are like how do I get my man to be more masculine firstly ouch it's never fun for a man to hear that his woman wants him to be more in his masculine imagine if a man was going into his spaces and groups and posting in online forums how do I get my woman to be more feminine no thank you but I'm not acting like I'm perfect I've certainly I've certainly asked that question many a times just no longer um the practice is to out feminine your feminine partner in order to to create polarity so it only takes one person to be doing the practice. It only takes one person to be evoking eye contact during sex to create a moment of deep eye contact. You don't both need to already understand that eye contact during sex deepens intimacy. It takes one person, not not forcibly and not jarringly grabbing the partner's face and saying, look at me, but, but making a transmission of eye contact. If one person, let's, let's, since, since a lot of my listeners are women, and I love all you men who come back and listen to this. It's so wonderful hearing men's feedback, but I'm going to speak from the woman's perspective here. If you are a female and you are having sex with a partner who isn't really looking at you and might be um, not disassociating, but having a little bit more of that like college sex where it's like, oh yeah, baby, like this is so good. Oh yeah. Like that's great. Uh, that something is very fun and refreshing about that. But if you're craving depth instead of, okay, well, this guy just doesn't get it. How can you evoke slowness and depth and eye contact from this person who may not have read the same books you've read or gone to the same workshops you've gone to? What can you do with your body? How can you open your body in such a way that it brings his eyes to yours? How can you look at him in such a way that he feels magnetized to your eyes? Most certainly, it's with an air of openness. It's with an air of receptivity. It's not forcing. It's not constricting. And it's not coming from, I need you to do this in order for us to have connected sex. It's certainly not that. And you can only create this air of openness if you understand that no matter what your partner does, you are already connected deeply to the divine, if that is what you want. Like, what's the point of having this kind of sex if it's not to feel something bigger than the two of you? So if the goal for you is to feel something bigger than the two of you, feel the presence of uh, infinity, divinity, and feel obliterated, feel, feel yourself forget yourself. I read that in Blue Truth. 
there was one very small line in, in Blue Truth by David Data that said um, that we we're longing to forget ourselves. And that, to me, was the bullseye. That's what I feel when I orgasm and I feel God. I'm forgetting myself. AKA, I'm touching death. I'm touching the bliss within death. Even if it feels like everything is lit up, my entire body is the most alive it's ever felt, it leads me right back into, it's like this beautiful infinity symbol, the everything leads me right back into the nothing. I am nothing. I am a vessel. I am here. And when you know that that is possible, that's always there. You don't need anything from your partner. So it frees up your intimacy to be what it is and you can playfully evoke and, and, and almost like, you know, it's like a first date with someone you met on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or Raya. You can use that time as a practice playground. You don't know this person. You don't need anything from this person. So it makes it a lot easier to go into the date going, well, I'm just going to do my practice. I'm going to spread my feminine. I'm going to try to evoke passion within him by me being a transmission of passion. I'm going to bat my eyes. I'm going to be embodied. I've got nothing to lose. Same thing happens in intimacy, whether this is your fifth time to be together or your 50th or your 500th. When you know that no matter what, love cannot be lost, divinity cannot be lost within a sexual experience as well, you can play. You can't lose anything. Why not play? Why not see what happens? And I know the fear that comes up for a lot of people is, oh, oh no, well, what if I look weird? What I look funny? It's that exact fear that's keeping your capacity to widen limited. If you are forever worried and obsessing over you looking weird or sounding funny, your capacity to go vast and far and wide and be and forget yourself, your capacity to forget yourself is close to nada. You have to play with your edges. You have to rub shoulders with your limitations of weirdness in order to truly be free. Freedom cannot be found within, does this make me look weird? <laughs> it's like literally the opposite. You have to move past that and it takes a few times, but really it doesn't take that many times. Once you start to break that barrier, and you make those sounds and you make those requests, those sexual requests you may have been tiptoeing around, you've been putting eggshells underneath your own feet. Once you start to make those requests and do those things and growl in bed in a way you've never growled and tussle in a way you've never tussled. And one of my favorite things is rubbing my face against my lover like we're cats. <laughs> it's like it frees something within me and I just go after it. I'm just like, purring, meowing, and rubbing my face all in. I don't care if they don't like it. I like it. And you know what typically happens? It evokes something within them that they did not know was there. It evokes within them, like all of a sudden, I've never experienced this not happening, but all of a sudden, they'll start rubbing their head against me forcefully like we are two cats, <laughs> like really, you know, tussling with our necks. And if you live within the confines of does this make me look weird, you can't try out all these different parts that make you you. So going back to what I was sharing, the first thing I realized was that one, this always exists within myself. And two, um, I'll speak candidly, like I always do, but very candidly here. Intimacy with someone who is fully aware of these dynamics 
is different from intimacy with someone who's not fully aware of these dynamics and they both have their, for a lack of a better way to put it, pros and cons. <laughs> they really have their pros and cons. And I've, I, 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 I don't have, you know, I don't have a specific preference necessarily because no matter who I'm with, I'm bringing my own flavor of the practice. And here's what I've noticed about some partners I've been with who are very aware of the masculine and feminine dynamics. Not all, I haven't been with all that many, but from a few that I've been with. Um, it certainly, maybe this is more like one, actually. <laughs> this is one particular experience that I had with someone. We, we were together quite a few times, but this one particular person gave me a really clear inside look to a dynamic that can happen when you are two well-practiced people. Now, I've been with someone else who's well-practiced and it was very different, but it also had its pros and cons. So for this first example, something that I noticed was that my partner was so tuned into what the feminine being will blossom open to and what, how the masculine partner leads her deeper into it, that that became too much of the focus that it sucked out the natural, natural experience that could have been born between the two of us. It's like it was already predetermined what was meant to happen. She's going to blossom open despite her fears, and he's going to lead her deeper and command her into her bliss. And it was like, yeah, but... There's also a natural unfolding in sex that's also fun. And and you, you can't predetermine that you're both going to be opened to God. You can't predetermine that she's going to be the one in ecstatic bliss and that he's going to be the one full of consciousness and breath. You know, a big thing in Tantra is deep belly breathing. And I love some deep belly breathing. But sometimes if you're so focused on the deep belly breathing, there's no time for tussling and and being playful and being like two college kids again. There's no room for that. And another thing I noticed was that, um, again, this could be particular to this lover, or maybe this is something that happens with more people who are, more couples who are familiar with this, is that if, if one of the members are more tuned into the language and the verbiage, then it can kind of become their show. Like, if they are artistic and they're also tantric, then maybe it becomes a bit of a performance in a unique way. It's like a heart-centered performance, but also it's like, like breathe, come on, breathe into me, breathe into me, breathe into. Me. It's like you're a, you're a sex doula, but it's your partner, and and the it becomes a little bit too much. Like, yes, you want your two bodies to come together and feel deep intimacy, but it's similar to those relationships you have in your life where you spend more time processing the relationship than actually being in it. That can happen in sex. You're too busy processing and talking about the sex and orchestrating the sex to be deepened into intimacy than actually doing it. And I don't want only that flavor. Sometimes that's enjoyable, but not always. Today, we are supported by my own programs, the Feminine Spirit School and my one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
If you're interested in starting your feminine and masculine embodiment journey and you're semi-new to this kind of work or you want to go deeper, then the Feminine Spirit School is your one-stop shop for all things femininity, masculinity, shadow work, ancestral healing. This is an eight-week program with seven different modules, one releasing every week with a break in between. This program is one of my best-selling courses and is available for you to purchase now. To get started today, go to maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit. And if you are ready for an even deeper dive, you can apply for my one-on-one coaching at maddiemoon.com forward slash coaching. I've been coaching for nine years now. It is the bread and butter of the work that I do. My commitments are six months or 12 months, and we dive deep into the caves of your mysterious psyche, looking at how you want to create a life full of embodiment, devotion, intimacy, and sacredness. So if this feels like a journey for you coming up this year, 2021, you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash coaching to read all these beautiful testimonials and get more insight details into what's included. All right, let's head back to the show. So that's one of the cons to it. And I'm not, I'm not someone who, who necessarily needs to go find a partner or be with partners who have this verbiage. In fact, there's something really nice about being with partners who have no idea about feminine and masculine. And instead, I am, I, my radars aren't on and I can feel the energetics of the relationship happening. And only I know what's going on. I don't mind that. I don't mind going on a date with someone and really feeling, oh, this person's in their masculine. They are purpose-driven, they are goal-oriented, and they can be in the middle of discomfort and be okay. Oh, they're also one with nature. They have a respect for the feminine. Oh, this person's also very creative. I can see all these different dynamics happening within a person, and I don't need to process it nor explain it to them. Because that actually kills a lot of the polarity by explaining these things and, and, ex- and explaining and explaining. I really don't like that. I would rather, if I'm being quite honest with you, be in a relationship with someone who has no idea what these dynamics are and us just be in them than be with someone who knows every single thing about these dynamics and is constantly making sure that we are at the peak of our erotic friction and we are orchestrating our intimacy and we're staying on track with yogic um, sexuality. Like if I had to choose, I'd rather have both combined. I, I love someone who is in, in the space of spiritual intimacy, understands it, but hasn't devoted their entire lives to it in the same way that I have. And that is personally where I'm at. Now, of course, there are also downsides to being with people who don't always understand these dynamics. Um, And it's more so than the dynamics. It's more that they often, if they don't have an experience or any kind of training or any kind of understanding of um, yogic intimacy, then it might be a bit of a struggle to make eye contact during sex. And it might be a big of a struggle to stretch during intimacy into uncomfortable places if they haven't done if your partner or you I know I'm talking a lot about the partner here but this is also you if if you are not doing your own shadow work and looking at your fantasies and looking at your taboos in a in a psychology kind of way so look at what you fantasize about and get curious on how you might be sexualizing some shame 
that is really an interesting thing about taboo. Taboos are the way that we sexualize our shame. And it's not bad, actually. It's showing you a place that deeply desires to be nourished and loved. But if your partner isn't familiar with any of this work, a lot of those darker places might be a threat to their their identity. If they are the good guy and they really value respecting women and loving women, you know, they have a great mom, they have a great sister, they respect their exes. If they really value being the good guy and treating everyone fairly, it's a, it's a post-feminist world, everyone has equal rights, then they may really struggle with speaking some of those more naughty, dark, erotic words in bed that you might crave. And that will be a bit of a process to explain to your partner or share with your partner how that nourishes you. And that it's that's its own thing of you two realizing if you are a fit, if that goes against his identity and he just doesn't want to do it, and it doesn't go against your identity and actually nourishes something within you and you desire it. And then you decide from there, is this a partnership that's going to work or not? So why I am sharing all of this is to be very clear that if you are waiting for someone to check off all of these consciousness boxes of the new age, fully self-aware masculine man, you are withholding. You are actually the one suffering. And remember, you do not get what you just want. You get what you are. So are you being a transmission of consciousness and depth? Are you walking through your day-to-day open? Or are you closed, already resenting the next date that you meet on Bumble? Or already buying into the belief that there are no good men out there? You are the one suffering because you are not being a believer in good men. You are not being a, a transmission for good men. If you're, a, if you're a occurring world as there are no good men, guess what world you're going to live in? The one where there are no good men. I had that world about five years ago, and I am, I don't like using this word, but I'm going to use it. I'm quite literally surrounded by good men. I'm shocked how many good men there are. And while they may not all be my lovers, they are all good men. And many of them have been my lovers. Some of them currently are. And I get to look at these men that I'm with, and I'm like, wow, this is so great. Like, even if we're not a match made in heaven, like, we're leaving each other better than we found each other. This is all respectful. And that's because that, those are the kind of men I'm constantly calling in because that's the kind of um, that's the kind of field and the kind of net that I am living in. I'm living in a net that is full of truth, my truth. And when I say that, I mean I reveal in real time how things make me feel. I'm honest. I ask for what I want and I become the thing it is I want. I treat myself like I am my greatest lover and that doesn't mean that I'm writhing in ecstasy having orgasms all day long, but I am romancing myself with the food that I eat and the way that I eat it. And my entire apartment now is filled with candles and soft textures and everything feels like one big orgasm like my entire life it's just lots of lush and I I fill my life with lush and then I go out into the world and I evoke more lush I fill my life with devotion and all the beautiful ways it arrives and sacredness and then I go out into the world 
and I, I put that field out there. And so I'm not really drawing in people who are not down for orgasmic devotion and yogic intimacy. I just don't. Maybe they don't understand it. That's one thing. I still absolutely come into contact with and and have relationships with and date people who don't have a clue what feminine and masculine dynamics are. And that is totally fine. Like I said, sometimes I prefer it. I prefer it so that we don't have to be talking about it. And, and, uh, you know, other times I really enjoy it. So it just depends, but there's no hard and fast rule. And no matter where you are at or who you are with, especially if you're already married and you're going into this path of feminine and masculine energetics and intimacy, and you're fearing that, well, I can't grow in this direction if he doesn't grow with me. Uh, 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 uh. No. Yes, you can. That is withholding. And that is resenting him for something that's not even a part of his path right now. It's not his path. It's your path. You feel the calling. Don't put it on him to have to feel the calling too. That is codependency. And it's only going to hurt you and it's only going to hurt him and it's only going to hurt the intimacy. You need nothing outside of yourself to deepen this path, to find God through sex, to find God through sensuality. You keep doing you and stay in your field. And, and the deeper you go within it, the more you're going to start to evoke that within him. But you can't force it. Just like I was saying earlier with different kinds of lovers, the only reason why it's possible to evoke more of the intimacy is because I know that love is never lost and my connection with divinity through sex or through relationship will never be lost either. So all that room to play is open. There's no codependency. You don't need to do anything. Um, and I will share as we close here that there is one small downside I've started to realize due to this immense opening, and that is that it becomes even easier to fall in love with all types of people. And I don't mean that it's a downside in a negative way, like an actual downside, but more like you're just going to fall in love and over and over and over again. And it might lead to more heartbreak. And um, sometimes it may not be super clear to you why you are not a good fit with certain people because you have found a way to love everybody. And so it, it will take a different kind of discernment, uh, a bird's eye view, so to say. Like I've had an experience recently where I've been, you know, really um, connected to a soul and this soul and me have different beliefs, very different beliefs. And when I'm so in the presence of love, I don't care. I'm in my feminine, first of all, and the feminine isn't focused on purpose. She's focused on love. And so I'm in my feminine, I'm in my feels, I'm in the, ooh, this is good, I love this, I feel God, I feel love. And it takes bringing in more of my masculine to say, okay, yes, you feel all these beautiful things. And are the ingredients here fit for monogamy or for a committed partnership? My feminine's like, it doesn't matter. I just, I feel God everywhere I go. I feel love everywhere I go. And it takes me flying up into the sky like a big, beautiful, iridescent dragon and looking down at the full picture and going, okay, yeah, well, this is different. This is different. That does make sense for the bigger picture things in life. It's kind of like, 
if you meet a partner who wants to live in Michigan and you meet in Texas and you want to stay in Texas, but they want to go to Michigan, but it feels so good. Um, when you take the bird's eye view and you look down at the whole situation, you can see a little bit more clearly. doesn't mean anything's right or wrong. doesn't mean anything needs to happen, but you can see more clearly the pros and cons to monogamy with that person or to a committed partnership. Cause I know not everyone listens to this as monogamous, um, polyamorous but even when you're polyamorous you're in you're in a monogamous relationship with each one of those people um so it's like what I mean is your relationships your committed relationships so that's the only downside I've been experiencing recently is how much easier it's been for me to love and I think it's always been easy for me to love since I was a child I remember thinking everyone's my friend. I love everyone. You, 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 you. I love everyone. I love everyone. And through high school and college and adulthood, like I just love is so easy for me to feel for people, immense love, deep love. But since I've given myself permission for it and I've taken ownership of it and I've created a big field, a big, beautiful net for all my love to be held in, I've realized that the love can quickly meet the attachment and it takes the masculine to stay with me to be able to have that kind of discernment and it's always a process because again it's not black and white sometimes you're going to be with someone who maybe you do have different beliefs in some area but you both have the common ground of loving each other and being committed just because you have different beliefs in an area doesn't mean that the relationship doesn't work ah I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you want to leave a five-star review on iTunes, that would be just oh so very beautiful. And also, since it seems like the Instagram platform is constantly changing, I have people getting censored left and right, and same with Facebook. If you have not subscribed to my email list, please do so. You can do that by going to maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine. And right there, you will get a free embodiment practice, and you'll also be put on my email list that way. We stay forever friends because I do not want to lose any of my lovely people. And it always terrifies me when I see these people getting censored who are doing work that I am doing. We're in similar, similar fields. So again, maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine. And you can also head on over to Instagram because we are alive and thriving. And you can leave a comment on the Instagram graphic for this episode, letting me know your thoughts. That's all for today. I hope you have a beautiful, blessed day, lovely devotional ones, and I will see you next week for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. 